0: Hello, how are you? And welcome back to Victoria's podcast, murder, mystery and mayhem. Today, we're going to talk about the unsolved mystery behind the disturbing death of Elisa Lamb. Lamb's death in a water tank at the notorious Cecil Hotel shocked Los Angeles in 2013. To this day, nobody knows how she died or how her body got there. This is one of those cases that kind of sticks with you. Because we know the who, the what, the when, the where, but the why is always the question. Nobody knows exactly how Lamb died. We know that a 21 year old Canadian college student was last seen in the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles on the, January the 31st, 2013. But the infamously chilling hotel surveillance video that captured the bizarre final moments just before her disappearance, let alone all the other details that have emerged since, have only created more questions than answers. Ever since her body was discovered in the hotel's water tank on February the 19th, her tragic demise has remained shrouded in mystery. Although the coroner's office ruled her death as an accidental drowning, the strange details of Lamb's case has fueled rampant speculation about what may have really happened. Internet sleuths have come up with a myriad of theories about the tragedy, involving everything from murder conspiracies to evil spirits. But when it becomes, comes to the disturbing death of Lamb, where does the truth? actually lie. On January the 26th 2013 Lam arrived in LA. She had just come by train from San Diego and was headed to Santa Cruz as part of her solo trip around the west coast. The trip was supposed to be a getaway from her studies at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver where she was originally from. Her family had been weary of her travelling by herself, but the young student was determined to go at it alone. As a compromise, she made sure to check in with her parents every single day of the trip to let them know that she was safe. That's why it struck her parents as unusual when they didn't hear from her on January 31st, the day she was scheduled to check out of her LA hotel, the Cecil. The Lambs eventually contacted the Los Angeles Police Department. The police searched the premises of the Cecil but couldn't find her. Police soon released surveillance footage taken from the cameras at the Cecil Hotel on their website. This is where things took a turn into the truly bizarre. The hotel video showed Lamb in one of its elevators on the date of her disappearance acting rather strangely. In the pixelated footage, Lamb can be seen stepping into the elevator and pushing all the floor buttons. She steps in and she steps out of the elevator, poking her head out sideways towards the hotel's hallways in between. She peers out of the elevator another few times before stepping out of it entirely. The last minutes of the video show Lamb standing by the left side of the door, moving her hands in random gestures, like she was arguing with somebody. Except, nobody else was captured on the video, except Lamb. Public reaction to the video crossed all the way to Canada and China, where Lamb's family is originally from. The four minute video of her strange elevator episode has amassed tens of millions of views. On February the 19th, two weeks after the video was published by the police, a maintenance worker, Santiago Lopez, found Elisa Lam's body dead, floating in one of the hotel water tanks. Lopez made the discovery after responding to complaints from hotel patrons about low water pressure and a weird Taste coming from the taps. According to the statement by the chief of the Los Angeles Fire Department, the tank in which Lamb's body was found had to be drained completely and then cut open from the side to remove her five foot four body. Nobody knows how Lamb's corpse, floating lifelessly next to the same clothes she wore in the video, ended up in the hotel's water tank or who else, may have been involved. Hotel staff told authorities that Lam was always seen by herself around the hotel. But at least one person did see her soon before her death. At a nearby shop, eerily named the last bookstore, owner Kate was among the last to see her alive. Kate remembered the college student buying books and music for her family back in Vancouver. It seemed like she'd plans to return home, plans to give things to her family members and reconnect with them, Kate told the CBS LA. When the autopsy results for Lamb's case came out, it only served to ignite more questions. The toxicology report confirmed that Lamb had consumed a number of medical drugs likely to be medication for her bipolar disorder. But there was no indications of alcohol or illegal substances in her body. Soon after the toxicology report came out, amateur sleuths began poring over any information they could find in the hopes of solving the mystery behind the death of Lamb. For example, one summary of Lamb's toxicology report was posted online by a Reddit sleuth. With an obvious interest in medicine. The breakdown pointed out three key observations. Lamb took at least one antidepressant that day. Lamb had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not on that day. Lamb had not taken her antipsychotic medicine recently. These conclusions suggested that Lam who had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression may not have been taking her medications properly. It is an important finding to note, given that the use of antidepressants to treat bipolar disorder can risk inducing a manic side effects if done without caution. Some sleuths have understandably latched on to this detail, and suggested it was a likely explanation behind Lamb's strange behaviour in the elevator. The hotel's manager, Amy Price's statement in court, strongly supports this theory. During Lamb's stay at the Cecil Hotel, Price said that she was originally booked into a hostel-style shared room with others. However, complaints of odd behaviour from Lamb's roommates forced Lamb to be moved to a private room by herself. But even if Lamb had been suffering from mental health issues, how did she end up dead? How did she end up in the hotel's water tank? The autopsy did not show any foul play from the evidence that was processed. But the coroner's office noted that they were unable to do a full examination because they could not examine the blood from Lamb's decomposing body. Her parents, David and Yena Lam filed a wrongful death suit against the Cecil Hotel several months after their daughter's death was uncovered. The Lam's attorney stated that the hotel had a duty to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Lam and other hotel guests. The hotel fought back against the suit, filing a motion to dismiss it. The hotel's lawyer argued that the hotel had no reason to think that someone would be able to get into one of their water tanks. Based on court statements from the hotel's maintenance staff, the hotel's argument is not entirely far-fetched. Santiago Lopez, who was the first to find Lamb's body, described in detail how much effort he had to exert just to find her body. Lopez said that he took the elevator to the 15th floor of the hotel before walking up a staircase to the roof. Then he had to first turn off the rooftop alarm and climb up on the platform where the hotel's water tanks were located. Finally, he had to climb another ladder to get to the top of the main tank. Only after all that did he notice something unusual. I noticed the hatch to the main water tank was open and looked inside and saw an Asian woman lying face up in the water. Approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank, Lopez said. Lopez's testimony suggested it would have been difficult for Lamb to make it to the top of the water tank on her own, at least without anyone noticing. The hotel's chief engineer, Pedro Tovar, also made it clear that it would be difficult for anyone to access the rooftop where the hotel water tanks were located without triggering the alarms. Only hotel employees would be able to deactivate the alarm properly. If it was triggered, the sound of the alarm would reach the front desk as well as the entire top two floors of the hotel. Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Howard ruled that the death of Eliza Lamb was unforeseeable because it had happened in an area that guests were not allowed to access so the lawsuit was dismissed. Lamb's mysterious demise was not the first to happen at the Cecil Hotel. In fact, the building's sordid past had earned it a reputation as one of the most supposedly haunted properties in LA. Since opening its doors in 1927, the Cecil Hotel has been plagued by 16 different non-natural deaths and unexplained paranormal events. The most famous death associated with the hotel, other than Lambs, was the 1947 murder of actress Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Delia, who was reportedly seen drinking at the hotel bar in days before her grisly demise. The hotel has also hosted some of the country's most notorious killers. In 1985, Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker, lived on the top floor of the hotel during his killing spree. The story goes that after a murder, Richard would dump his bloody clothes outside the hotel and return half naked. Back then, the hotel was in such disarray that Richard's nude stunt barely raised an eyebrow six years later another murderous patron moved into the hotel Austrian serial killer Jack Udenweger who earned the, ne- the nickname Vienna Strangler with such a horrific history one would think that the Cecil Hotel would soon be condemned but actually the building was recently granted landmark status by the Los Angeles City Council the hotel was given the distinction because of the building's opening back in the 1920s, which is considered the beginning of the lodging industry in the United States of America. So, that really is the story of Eliza Lamb. You know, there still hasn't been Any ending to the story of her? On local news, they reported it from the gross-out angle because people drank water that a corpse had been floating in. And that is unfortunate, but what about the poor girl who died? It's easy to say that she was off her medication, but why can't people think a bit more about her as a person? She really did kind of get public scrutiny And what most people thought was the most horrific thing was, is that people were drinking the water that her dead body was in, floating in. And although that might be horrendous for the people who drank it, at the end of the day, a young girl who was a student and I'm sure had a very bright future ahead of her, lost her life. Because her toxicology report came back clear from substances of a legal nature that you, it's really hard to tell. Did she have a psychotic break? In in the CCTV footage, you can see her hands flailing and everything. Like she's trying to get someone away from her and she's in and out of the elevator. And it really looks as though she is absolutely terrified and that there's somebody after her. The only problem is, is that we can't see who it is. You know, genuinely, there's nobody else there from what we can see. Now, unless there's a blind spot on that camera and the person knew it. Then obviously they stayed in that blind spot the whole time, but she really does seem fearful. I'm not so sure about the alarm because I have worked in big buildings before and sometimes staff turn off alarms so they can sneak in and out for cigarettes and not get caught by their manager. So those types of things do go on and doors that are meant to be locked kind of are left unlocked to let somebody else out. So these things do happen. But I do think it's an awful effort for her to go to take the elevator, take stairs, go onto the roof, then climb ladders and all, remove her clothes because she'd had to have, put them in the water and then jump in and drown herself. The lid was covering that water tank. So to even put that lid back over, it doesn't seem humanly possible. Now, if her toxicology report hadn't come back clear, <clears throat> I would have imagined that she had been on crack cocaine or something because sometimes when people are on Illegal drugs. They could have the strength of ten men, and I believe then she would have been capable of doing that. For me, really, it's a mystery. I really can't say either way if she did it herself and it was kind of like you know a suicide or. I don't think she was suicidal, but she was in fear of her life. That's a, that's a fact. Whether somebody was after her, or she had a psychotic break. I don't know. But I don't think she'd have been able to cover it up like that. The only other thing is, if you have a member staff who did leave the door unlocked and noticed something and seen the body and then put the lid back on the tank themselves, that is possible as well. So there is loads of, of, I suppose, different scenarios about it, but I I don't think it was evil spirits or anything like that. That's my own belief. Now I'm not saying I don't believe in evil spirits. I'm just saying I don't think an evil spirit or poltergeist or whatever did it to her. I do believe that she was in fear of her life, whether it was because of a psychotic break or because somebody was after her, I don't know. Um, I suppose, what do you guys think? It's a very famous case. I've seen the CCTV footage, you can get them on YouTube or whatever. And it's actually quite sad to see and I, I can't imagine what her family are going through. I I would love to have answers to it. It's going to be one of those cases that will probably remain a mystery for the rest of our lives unless somebody comes forward to say that they know what happened. But I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And I'm recording live as I always do. In Ireland here, the weather's 10 degrees Celsius and it's not raining for a change, which is great. So I hope you're all doing good and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening.